0: Praise the Lord. It's good to see the choir back in action, and uh, I don't know about you, but every time the choir sings, points us to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, it's very encouraging spiritually. Uh, it really helps us prepare for the message, to listen to God's Word, helps to prepare to preach, and I uh, appreciate appreciate that, uh, the music they provided for us this morning. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. And uh, this morning we will be focusing on actually the last half of Hebrews chapter nine, Hebrews nine verses 15 to 28. Uh, But really, what I'd like to do for the first few moments is just to read through the first half of the chapter. Also, Uh, we're not going to go deeply into it, but I think it's important for us to understand what's going on in the in this chapter. Verses one to nine, or verses one to ten of Hebrews nine. Uh, actually, tells us or recaps for us the first covenant. Well, the Mosaic covenant, the covenant that was instituted by God during the time of Moses, and I uh, identified or didn't describe. What the form of worship in the Mosaic covenant? Now, even in the first covenant, had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared, the first section in which where the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence. According to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper, but deal only with food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of Reformation. So a few things that you're going to want to highlight here in this section of Hebrews chapter 9 in regards to going into the most holy place. Uh, There was a section... Um, that uh, the high priest could go in to light incense, they could go in there every day, but there was uh, the most holy place, and only one person could enter the most holy place. And he could only enter there once a year. And for him to be able to enter, he had to make sacrifice and cleanse himself and cleanse the different instruments inside the tabernacle with blood. Pa-ulit-ulit, one person's able to go in, that's the key portion of that, that section. But, uh, yung bandang dulo, especially dito sa verse uh, 9 and 10, it gives us the idea that this has always been designed to be insufficient. What was the Levitical system of worship? How was it flawed? What could it not do? Well, verse 9 tells us they cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper, it could never bring cleansing. For hundreds of years, Day after day, year after year, priests offered sacrifice, but it could never bring what we needed, cleansing. Now, in verses 11 to verse 14, the spotlight now shifts. And what's highlighted here is the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ in contrast to what happened in the Mosaic Covenant. Verse 11 For if the blood of the goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. In contrast, verses 11 to verse 14, three things that you need to highlight. Look at verse 12. He entered... Now remember, see, so Jesus Christ is not the high priest after the earth. And yet he entered. And where did he enter? Because we know that Jesus Christ never entered into the holy place of the temple when he was here on earth. But the Bible tells us that he entered. He entered into God's presence. We'll see that in a minute. And he entered once for all. Not year after year. He just did it once. And then also... How did he enter? He entered by means of his own blood. And now, we'll verse 15 and following. We'll just take this section by section. And uh, let's ask that he guide our, our study this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you because it points us to Jesus Christ, our Savior, the author and finisher of our faith, the one who loves us, the one whose compassion for us is immeasurable. Father, we thank You that we can take this time to fix our eyes on Him. And Lord, we need Your help because there's sin in our hearts and we need cleansing. We need the cleansing that only Jesus can give. We pray, Father, that You would open our hearts and our minds as we study Your Word. Pray that You would take away any distraction and keep our eyes focused on You and You alone. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know how far... Court side seats to the PBA can get you, they can only get you to your seat. Uh, the first part of um, the ministry of National Hoops when Pastor Mike would visit, every time he would visit, he would want to go visit the PBA office. And, uh, you know, he wants to thank the commissioner for the help that they give. And uh, so he would go and the stay would, we would meet. Uh, usually, the you know, uh, officials, if, especially if the commissioner was there, he would ask Pastor Mike, you know, would you like Tickets to the game. Kung a game that and talagang tinataon namin yung pagbisita namin na may laro that evening. So he would usually offer, you know, gusto bang manood? Gusto manood tonight? Sometimes they would give us, uh, you know, higher up seats, but uh, every once in a while they would give us courtside seats. And I remember uh, one visit, um, you commissioner offered, "Would you like to watch the game? We can give you some courtside seats." And uh, si Pastor Mike, y- yung face niya, you know, if you remember, Pastor Mike hindi mo palangiti yun eh. So he just kind of looked at the commissioner and said, "Yeah, okay, you know." ganen lang yung reaction mo, sabi ko pagalis na commissioner, eto tayo, binihintain court courtside seats. so he was excited, you know? so we went that evening and uh, you know we were wearing our uh, uniform, national hoops uniform. went to the PBA and even though we were nobodies, nagigitan ng no mga staff yung, P- yung national hoops uniform, makalend nila parang official dika oh, no sir, ganon. Huh? and as we sat down in our seats, sabi ni Pastor Mike, we should see if we can uh, talk to some of the players in the locker room. And, you know, if you know me, that's not my personality. you know, I, I just I'll sit in my seat, ang pawina and okay na And uh, so I'm like, okay. So, sunod ako sa kanya. you know, he's American, he can get away with things. So we went to the hallway, we went back out, we went up the stairs, out of the hallway, I think was um, And uh we were we were right there. At san yung mga player, we got past one guard, because the red direction. He just kind of looked at us. And uh, we were right there maybe a few meters away from the first locker room, and uh, he was about to go in, and I said, I don't know, what are we doing? And uh, right as he was going to go past that hallway, uh, there was a, a bodyguard or a security person that stepped out and just really blocked the entrance. I mean, sir, you know, uh, what are you doing here? What Anong, dito? anong, anong purpose purpose? And uh, si Pastor Mike, oh, we were just going to go uh, say hi to the players. <laughs> And hawak ID courtside seat niya. So yung security guy took it and uh, just kind of looked and, uh, sir, I'm sorry you're not allowed here. And uh, and he said, oh okay, all right. And then balik naka So we sat down and just laughed about it. And that's that's how far. Unless you know someone, that's how far you can get with a ticket. Yeah, you know, praise the Lord that, it's not that way with God. You know, there's something that prevents us from accessing God's presence. And it's something that has nothing to do with your gender or your age or your social status or what your citizenship here on earth is. It doesn't have to do with your job. It doesn't have to do with how big your bank account is. It's something that hinders every single one of us from accessing God in His presence You know what that is? That's sin. No matter what we do to try to be good, no matter what kind of righteousness we try to portray, sin has always hindered our access to God. And for us to be able to go into God's presence and have access to God here on earth through prayer and through fellowship and having a relationship with Him, and then for all eternity in His presence, we need a mediator, there has to be someone who will enable us to, to go into His presence. And uh, from what we've seen here in the Old Testament, verses 1 to 10, that whatever, whatever has been instituted in the Levitical system, it has never been enough. It has to be done year by year. And even the, the highest priest there, he, he's the only one that could go. He would have to mediate between the people and God. And Sharin also sacrifice for himself. Whatever he did, it was still not enough. And then he had to repeat it again the following year. But the Bible shows us that with Jesus, it's different. You see, Jesus sacrificed himself. And Jesus entered into God's very own presence. Jesus' sacrifice provides sinners with access to God. What do we need to do? Well, If you're here and you haven't received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that's the first thing you need to do. You need to receive Jesus Christ and His offer of salvation. And you need to draw near to God through Jesus Christ alone. Uh, There are really three sub-themes in this chapter and in chapter 9, and I've identified them for you already. Uh, One is uh, the fact of entrance. Where does the high priest enter? Where did Jesus enter? There's a difference there. And then the, the fact of frequency. Um, the high priest did it yearly. Jesus Christ did it once for all. And uh, the Bible says that young high priest, how did he cleanse himself? How did he cleanse the instruments? He used it, fulfilling the requirement of God. He used it through the blood of a sac- purified through the blood of sacrifices. But see, Jesus Christ was different in that he entered on the basis of his own blood. And by doing these things, by entering into God's presence, bringing the sacrifice of Himself, and sitting at the right hand of the Majesty on high, Jesus now provides us with access to God. Praise the Lord. You know that uh, yung mga awit na natin kanina as we sing them to God, we are lifting them up to God. Uh, how can our songs enter into God's presence in a sense? How does our worship become acceptable if we're sinners? They become acceptable because of the work that Jesus Christ has done. And he's continuing to minister at the right hand of God. When you pray, how can you be confident as a believer that you have access to the Creator? You have access because of Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ has done for you. Take the nap let's look at three truths here. And uh, how does Jesus provide us access to God. Well, unang-una, makikita natin sa verse 15, verse 15 and and following, all the way down to verse, uh, verse 22, makikita natin, Jesus Christ shed His blood for the forgiveness of sins to provide the basis for our access to God. Jesus Christ shed His blood for the forgiveness of sins. Let's look at verse 15 to verse 17. The Bible says this, So makikita natin dito sa verse 15 to 17 that Jesus' death provides redemption for sin. That word in verse 16, redeems them. That's the word ransom. The ransom paid when someone is taken captive or kidnapped. What did Jesus Christ's death put into effect? Jesus' death provided the ransom. He redeemed us from our sin. Uh, Christ is the mediator of the new covenant. Sabi sa verse 15, He is the mediator or the guarantor. The old covenant was set aside because as we've seen, it's insufficient. In fact, God designed it that way. God designed it not to provide salvation, but God designed it to point to the one who would one day come and provide salvation. And when Jesus Christ came, isinantabina yung mosaic covenant, isinantabina yung levitical form of worship. back So Jesus Christ, the complete sacrifices, finally came. And Jesus now is the mediator or the guarantor of the new covenant. In fact, we we know this from First Timothy chapter two, verse five. The Bible says this: For there is one God, and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. What is a mediator? Uh, a mediator really does two things. One, he or she brings two parties together. But two, kung animo pagkasunduan ng dalawa, he will also be the one to ratify or to guarantee na nag sila. And this is true, right? Jesus Christ stood between God and sinful people, and he brought these two parties in agreement through his death. That's how he served as a ransom, uh, according to verse. Fifteen, so that those who are called might receive the promise of eternal life. Why, his death, his death has occurred to redeem them from the transgression. So the result of Christ's death is that he provided a ransom, and those who are called, God's new people, will now receive the inheritance of a new life. Uh, Christ's death also activated the new covenant. Verse sixteen to verse seventeen. For where a will is involved, itong salitang will, this could also be translated as covenant or testament or agreement. For where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it must be established for it to be inaugurated or to be activated. Uh, Kailangan ma-proof na nagkaroon ng kamatayan. So, uh, in the Old Testament, sacrificial blood was necessary to ratify a covenant. And Jesus Christ, He provided His own blood. How was how this blood obtained? Well, you think about the Levitical system. How did the priests obtain blood to continue to minister the old covenant? They killed animals. Day after day, there were animals at the temple being killed and sacrificed. In fact, you know, being a priest, um, it came with high esteem, but it was also a very bloody job. You realize that? Uh, yes it comes with the title of priest of Israel but if you think about it what are they doing when they're on rotation right from 25 years old to 50 years old they serve as priests for 2 weeks at a time uh, once a year union rotation nila para sa mga sundalo. and what were they doing well depending on what your assignment was during that rotation oftentimes you would be involved in slaughtering animals for sacrifice blood had to be spilt. The Bible goes on and says this, a will takes effect only at the death since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. But when you connect the end of verse 17 to verse 15, was it, what is it saying? How did Jesus Christ become the mediator? How did he inaugurate this covenant of grace? How did he provide salvation? He did it through his own death. It wasn't through the blood of animals, but it was through his very own death that he provided for us the ransom for sins. Jesus ransoms us from the wrath of God, which means that you and I never need to fear condemnation if you trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Romans 8.1, what does the Bible say? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In ransoming us from, from God's wrath, our Savior also does. What does He do? Of course, if you ransom us to God, what is He ransoming us from? He is redeeming us or ransoming us from sin and Satan's bondage. Wow, praise the Lord for that. You don't have to live in bondage to Satan. You're no longer compelled to live in sin. You now have the ability to please God, to, to love your neighbor. And as Christians, what do we need to do? We need to live in the reality of who we are in Christ. That means that daily we turn from sin and walk in the Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 18 to 22 continues with this theme of the blood of Jesus Christ being shed. And uh, now, sa 18 to 22, sinasabi niya, Jesus' blood purchased forgiveness. It just didn't ransom us from sin. It purchased for us forgiveness of sins. Verse 18, therefore, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. Okay? Um, two double, there's a double negative there. That means, even the first covenant was inaugurated with blood. Okay, you see that? Uh, therefore, not even without, meaning it had, it had to be. Even the old covenant had to be established with blood. For when every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all people, What did he do after God gave the commands? He took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, this is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So, let that in Verse 18 to 22 is part of a greater section. It's pointing to how Jesus Christ became the mediator. And at the very end, itong 18 to 22, although it's talking about what happened in the Old Testament when God established that covenant with Moses and what Moses had to do, the Bible tells us that he inaugurated this covenant with blood because the law requires that everything be purified with blood. He cleansed the aspects of the tabernacle and then after that, year by year, uh, beginning with Aaron, every year, the high priest would go into the holy place, but first he would sacrifice for himself, purify himself and then purify the different instruments inside the temple. It was all covered with blood, okay? sprinkled with blood, but everything had to be purified with blood. Why did he have to do that? You know, as you walk into church today, I- I'm sure if you saw any type of blood, uh, some of you probably would faint, right? Okay. I won't mention any names, okay? Some of you would faint if you saw blood, okay? I know who you are. You know who you are. You come in here, and there's no blood. No blood is being shed. No, no animals are being sacrificed, right? And yet, back then, this was a very, this was a daily part of worship. In fact, very clear, tong phrase tito sa dulo ng verse twenty-two. Without the shedding of blood. There is no forgiveness of sins. What happened during the Day of Atonement? Well, the high priest would make a sacrifice and uh, he would, would have to do it yearly. What happened when Jesus died on the cross? Jesus shed his blood. And Jesus provided grace for forgiveness. It was Christ's shed blood. So let as you look at Hebrews chapter 9, what was one of the key things that was required? Blood had to be shed. In the Old Testament, it was by animals, year after year, and it could never grant forgiveness. But now, what did Jesus do? Jesus shed His blood and became the mediator of the covenant of grace. He provided forgiveness for sins. Jesus' death was necessary to provide forgiveness for our sins. You know, it's easy to fall into the trap thinking that there's something we can do to earn God's forgiveness. But uh, here's what the Bible teaches. For anyone who would seek any other way of pardon except through the blood of Jesus Christ, eternal anguish and darkness awaits. Without the shedding of blood, whose blood? The blood of the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. There is no forgiveness of sin. As we look at verse 23 to verse 24, it tells us now about what Jesus did after he shed his blood. Jesus Christ died, on the third day he rose again, and then he ascended into heaven. And you know, yeah, Well, take Natin. Verse 23 to 24 says this Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but with the heavenly things themselves, with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has entered not, own, not into holy places made with hands which are copies of the true things but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Um, what prevented people from entering into the holy place of the temple? Well, uh, God prevented them from going. In fact, God gave instructions to uh, have the separate courts. In fact, men court of the Gentile in the temple area. The Gentiles only got to a certain point. And then, um, There was the outer court, the inner court, and then the Holy of Holies. And again, only one person could go into the Holy of Holies. Why couldn't everyone get access to the Holy of Holies? That's the way God designed it. It was a copy of what is going on in heaven. And it meant to, again, point us to Jesus Christ. That there's only one person who would be given access to God himself and would be able to mediate for the rest of the people. Everything that took place in the tabernacle, everything that took place in the temple, they were all copies. They were copies of what was going on to heaven. And they were meant to point people to the real thing. And uh, I I keep pictures of my family members uh, in my office. I keep pictures of Kristen and the kids. To remind me. And sometimes when I'm working, you know, if I'm getting frustrated with something, I see their faces and they're smiling. And that gives me joy. And I know that, you know, in a few hours, I'll just drive down the road and uh, I'll see the real thing. Okay? Of course, I don't hug the picture. pa naman ako Okay? Uh, but I know that uh, the real thing is just down the road. And that's what the tabernacle and temple worship was. They were copies of what was down the road in heaven. What did Jesus Christ well, what prevented people from approaching God freely? Um, they needed to be purified. The law required the various elements of the tabernacle to be purified with blood from animal sacrifices. It was necessary. Necessary by law. And the question that comes to mind is this. Why would, why would copies of heavenly things or even the heavenly things themselves require purification? I mean, these were things that were designed by God, built with God's instructions, very specific instructions, for the purpose of worshiping God. Why would they need to be purified? And uh, to answer that question, we would have to go all the way to Leviticus chapter 16. And uh, you don't have to read that. I'll give you, identify some key verses for you in Leviticus 16, verse 15 to 19. Verse 16 says this, because of the... Unclean. I'll start in verse, start of verse 16. Thus he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the people of Israel and because of their transgressions, all their sins. And then later on down in verse 19, for the uncleanness of the people of Israel. So the need for purification of the copies of heavenly things here on earth before he could enter and heavenly things, why did they need purification? Why did Jesus have to go and, and, and show His sacrifice? It wasn't because of the copies of the heavenly things or the heavenly things itself. It was because of the sin in the hearts of the people that Jesus was mediating for. That's us. We are a sinful people. And this holy, sp- holy uh, place that was designed, it was designed to have interaction between God and His people. God didn't need purification, but the sinful people, we needed that purification. And so at first, the holy place was made fit for that interaction between God and His people. Sacrifices addressed the sin problem. But again, remember what we read earlier? The Old Testament sacrifice could never clear the conscience. It could never bring the needed purification. So what did Jesus do? Christ paved the way to enter into God's presence. Look at verse 24. For Christ has entered, not into the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. A few things that we should identify in this verse. Christ entered into heaven. What did he do? He brought the sacrifice of himself. He brought it on our behalf. Itong salitang for us. Do you see that? Um, Christ entered to appear in, uh, in the presence of God for, uh, on our behalf. That's another way of saying for us. Why did Jesus Christ enter into God's presence? He entered on our behalf. This is different from what the high priest used to do. Bakit? Let's look at chapter 10. Just go to Hebrews. Just the very next chapter over. Verses 19 to 22. In chapter 5 and chapter 7, they had to purify themselves first, make a sacrifice for themselves and then for the people. See, Jesus Christ did something completely different. He had no need to make a sacrifice for himself. He did it for us. And uh, he did it through a a new and living way. Look at verse 20. He opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. So remember the curtain that separated the... uh, inner court from the most holy place. What happened when Jesus Christ died? That curtain was torn from top to bottom, opening up access into the most holy place. Before, high priest lang. That was God saying, anyone can come into my presence. But here in Hebrews chapter 10, we actually find that that curtain was again pointing us to the body of Jesus Christ. Jesus, as He hung on the cross... He was the real curtain. The curtain that was torn, the curtain that was broken, so that we can have access to God. And going back to chapter 9, Maragita natin He paved the way. He has entered. He entered. Jesus did what no high priest could do on his own. He entered into God's presence. But Jesus continues to do What no high priest could ever completely do. Jesus, His entrance, paved the way for us, God's people, to enter into God's presence for all eternity. You see, high priests, they would have to do this year after year after year. Jesus Christ, He did it once, and now anyone who goes through Jesus through the curtain of His torn flesh on the cross has access to God for all eternity. How are we able to worship? How are we able to pray? How are we able to receive forgiveness of sins? It's when you go through Jesus Christ. When you put your faith in what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. Yes, God desires you to approach Him. That's clear in Scripture. God wants you and me to approach. The Bible also tells us that God is very particular about how we approach Him. God gave reasons for the Old Testament sacrifices, regulations for worship. And they were very detailed. In fact, some of you, when you're reading Leviticus, right? You're reading Leviticus and, uh, you know, you go through the different offerings, uh, the wave offerings and and all the different uh, sacrifices that need to be made. And you're thinking, you know, how can they keep it straight? Now, I can't even keep it straight. And uh, it was so strict. Why such detail? Uh, Do we serve a God who is just petty? He was just giving out random instructions that were so detailed so that his people would have a really hard time. But if they really wanted to, then they could worship him. detailed instructions suggest very clearly for us that God has specific requirements for when we approach him. You don't just enter into the presence of the king. You enter... Into the specific way He wants you to. He wants us first to receive cleansing from our sin. Our hearts need a cleansing that only Jesus can provide. Christ entered into God's presence because not only did He have no need for cleansing, but He also is able to provide cleansing from our uncleanness of sin. What have we seen so far? Jesus' blood. He shed it. It provides the ransom for sin from sin. Jesus entered. Jesus entered into God's presence. Not something that any human high priest can do. He entered right into God's presence. And what we see here, He did it once for all. Look at verse 25 to verse 28. The Bible shows us that Jesus sacrificed Himself once for all. That means that He opened up for us indefinite access to God. We're not limited by some human high priest that we have to wait for year after year for him to complete his sacrifice for himself and then make sacrifice for us. We don't need any priest anymore. In fact, the Bible calls us God's priests. Right? Tigna natin yung verse 25 to verse 28. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. So makikita natin dito ano? Price sacrifice is finished. It's finished. Verse 25 says that the high priest's offering was multiple. He had to do it year after year. They had to keep doing it over and over. They could only do it once a year, but they had to do it every year. And they had to do it with the blood of an animal. You pick up at verse 26, the second half of verse 26. But as it is, he appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. The Lord's offering, he just gave it once. Singular offering. And uh, let's explain some of these terms here. Uh, What does it mean that he appeared at the end of the ages? Really, that's the idea of the culmination of all time. You find that also in, in Galatians. At the appointed time, so from the beginning of creation, everything was really pointing or moving towards the time when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, would appear. And finally, he did appear. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross, what happened? He, he basically began what we call the last, the end times or the last days. That's what we're living in: eschatological times. We're waiting for Jesus Christ to return. Okay, so ngayon ang inabangan natin yung mga prophecies that are in Revelation. But the Bible. The point here is this. He appeared at the end of all ages to do what? Once for all, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. The words put away, that means to annul or to cancel the effect. In other words, he rendered sin completely inoperative, powerless. And the question is, Pastor Robbie, how can he do that? Well, remember, sin has the power of death. But Christ's sacrifice and His resurrection canceled all that power. How? Jesus put away sin. The Bible says by the sacrifice of Himself. He appeared. He appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. He didn't choose an animal. He didn't choose a victim who would die in His place. Jesus provided His own life. He sacrificed. Himself, he offered it up freely. Jesus' sacrifice never has to be repeated, because that one time finished the whole task. He has paid for all of sin, for all people, of all time, with his one-time sacrifice. Uh, makikita natin ano mayroong cross dito sa stage area, but you don't have Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. Uh, why? Because Jesus doesn't need to hang on the cross anymore. Jesus did it once. He rose from the grave, he ascended into heaven, and his sacrifice was just once sufficient for all time. Once for all. It never has to be repeated. It was finished, and the Bible says in verse 27, 28, his sacrifice was effective. Verse 27 and just as it is appointed for man once to die or to die once, and after that comes judgment. So, to? No, What happens? We all die. And what can we expect when we die? Judgment. Who, who is that? That's every man. That's what we all deserve. Every death, once it's finished, we all deserve judgment. No one can get out of that until Jesus came. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save with those to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him. Anong ibig sabihin? The death of man leads to judgment, but the death of Christ leads to triumph. You see, when He appears the next time, sabi ito, He will appear not to deal with sin. Christ has been offered once to bear the sins of many, And so he will appear a second time not to deal with sin. What does that mean? Why won't Jesus Christ have to deal with sin anymore? Because he already dealt with sin. It was final. Christ's death was effective. He was able to provide access to God, forgiveness for sins, a ransom. And so when you believe in Jesus Christ, you have access to all that Jesus Christ provides. Christ is coming again, and we are longing for Him to do so. And we're confident that when we see Him, that day is going to be full of joy. Not guilt, not shame. It's going to be a day that's filled with fulfillment and completion because God's promises in Christ will be made complete. Why? Because Christ's death was effective. Jesus Christ provides us access to God. That's clear. What do we need to do? Receive the salvation that He offers. Uh, You know, it's not just enough for us to attend church. It's not just enough for us to read our Bible and to pray. Or even attend prayer meeting. But these are good things. But you know what these things do? These things point us To Jesus Christ if you read your Bible but you're not pointed to Jesus or if you pray but the focus is not to be directed to Jesus or if you come to church but your motivation is anything else but to be pointed to Jesus what you're doing is not enough the Bible tells us that Jesus offered himself Jesus offered himself once for all he shed his blood And he now gives you access to God. We've all wanted a relationship with God. That's what we were created for. And if you're saved, if you know Jesus as your personal Savior, you've trusted Him in Him. You have access to God. How? Through Jesus. So, ano kailangan natin gawin? We need to make Jesus the object of our attention. Make Jesus the focus of our life. We also need to make sure that we draw near to God through Jesus. Draw near. You don't need access through another person. You don't need a go-between. You don't need to to phone a friend who knows another friend who can maybe gain you access, who will grant you favor. You don't need a, a special ID or a ticket or any type of clearance. What you need is Jesus Jesus provides you access to God. Don't take that access for granted, right? Uh, Let's use that access. Spend time with God in worship each day. Spend time with God in prayer. Um, Let's serve God. When we sin, let's go to God for forgiveness. When we need help, let's depend on God for grace. And uh, Jesus Christ died on the cross so that we can have that type of access. Heavenly Father, we praise you for our Savior, Jesus. Thank you that because of what Jesus Christ has done, Lord, we have a relationship with you. And Lord, not because of anything that we can claim to be our own, because on our own, Lord, we're sinful people. Father, we have unclean hearts we are rebellious. But Lord, our hearts have been cleansed and purified by Jesus through his blood that was shed on the cross. Now, Jesus sits at your right hand, and now we have access to you. We are your own, and we praise you for all these things. We pray, Lord, that we would be a people, a church, who would always want to draw near to you through our Savior, Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen.